Hey, welcome back to Life is Love School. Today's topic is how to heal from the fearful avoidant attachment style. Last time I did an episode on understanding the fearful avoidant partner. In there, I talked in depth about how that attachment style was developed, how this person shows up in relationships, etc. So if you haven't checked out that episode, make sure you check it out. I'll link that in the show notes. Um, today's topic is going to take it one step further and help you if you happen to have the fearful avoidant attachment style, move towards secure. Fearful avoidant attachment style is the rarest form of attachment style. It has the quality of both feeling that the world is unsafe as well as feeling that you yourself is unlovable. So somebody with this attachment style lives in a lot of fear, fear of abandonment, fear of being rejected, fear of not being lovable, etc. So it's not a comfortable place to be and it's very understandable why you might want to move towards secure. If this topic interests you and in general, if you're interested in learning how to love yourself, how to build better relationships, make sure you hit some buttons and like and subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. So how exactly can you heal from the fearful avoidant attachment style? Thing number one, if you've been with me long enough, you know that I always focus on a mindset because as human beings, everything follows from our mindset. So what is the mindset you have to have in order to heal? Well, number one is you have to recognize that no matter what happened to you as a child, you were helpless. The people that were supposed to care for you maybe didn't care for you. They were negligent or maybe even worse, they were abusive towards you. And so that formed the worldview that you are helpless, that people that you seek love from and validation from are going to betray you, they are gonna hurt you. But you are no longer that child. So to recognize that now you are a fully grown adult and the world has changed, not everybody is your parent, right? So the projection from our, our childhood into the adult world is no longer accurate. So first of all, you have to recognize that things are different. Now is not then, thank God. That's number one. Number two is that the way that secure people feel secure is not that secure people blindly believe that everybody is just nice. They don't blindly think that everybody is just gonna be honest, everybody is going to never leave them. That's not true. Secure people are not unconditionally naive. Secure people, the difference is they know that if other people betray their trust, if other people leave them, if other people abandon them, they will be okay. They love themselves enough to say, I have my own back. I am my own best friend. So no matter what other people do, which a lot of times is not in their control, I always have myself and I'm happy with myself. So that's something that everybody can achieve. There is a quote called, um, which I really like, it shows a picture of a bird sitting on a branch. And it says that a bird sitting on a branch is not afraid of the branch breaking because it relies on its own ability to fly. So you are that bird. You are no longer a child. When we are a child, we rely on our parents to provide us food and shelter and basic survival. If they decide to dump us, a lot of times we can't survive, right? That is a truly dangerous and scary situation. And it is meaningful, it makes sense that we were traumatized by that experience. But now that we're grown-ups, we can get a job, we can move out. If somebody physically violates us, we can call the cops. 
we have all these recourses as adults that we did not have as children. So again, now is not then, and that is a really good thing, but you have to just drill it into your head because a lot of times we grow up and we still feel like children. So you have to constantly remind yourself that you are a grown up with grown up stature, power, resources, financial means, everything. You are a grown up. Keep repeating it to yourself. I am a grown up now and I am powerful and just really drill that in. So along the lines of mindset, a mindset you do not want to have is to believe that a relationship will fix everything for you. If you are fundamentally an unhappy person, if you get a promotion, if somehow you win the lottery, or maybe you go on a hot date, you will temporarily feel really good, right? Why not? You'll get a surge of dopamine, endorphin, oxytocin, etc. the feel-good hormones in a relationship. That's going to temporarily buoy you up. But research shows that no matter what happens to you in life, whether it's good or bad, people fall back to what they call the happiness baseline. So if you were a happy person, you will still be a happy person after that good or bad thing happens after a while. And if you're an unhappy person, you will fall back to that same baseline that you were before. So hoping that somebody else can rescue you is, first of all, it's irresponsible. Because if you can't make yourself happy, what makes you think that another person can? It's sort of like you are a, a bowl with a big hole in there and you're hoping that this other person can continuously feed you validation like pouring water into that bowl with the hole. But because it has a hole, it's going to continuously leak out. And this other person is eventually going to get really frustrated as well because they feel like they're putting water into a black hole that just there's never enough. You're always asking for more validation. And it's very tiring. You're putting too much pressure on the relationship. And a lot of times that causes a relationship to break. And it's not fair to the other person as well. A healthy relationship is where two people, two complete people who already have an awesome life, coming together to aid each other in realizing their true potential. So you're helping each other on this growth journey. You're not cleaning on each other like you're drowning individuals, like pulling each other down. That never ends well. So that's the second thing I want you to focus on in the mindset. And the third thing related to that is make sure that you talk to yourself kindly. And the simple rule of thumb is if you won't say that to somebody you cherish, don't say it to yourself. If you won't say it to your best friend, don't say it to yourself. A lot of times we say things to ourselves that we would not in a million years say that in public to anybody else in our life, let alone, you know, a dear friend. So make sure you speak to yourself kindly because we are always listening to the self-talk. You may think that, you know, self-talk is innocuous because it's just in my head. Nobody else can hear it. But guess what? You yourself is hearing it. Somebody else telling you something, you may like wonder, you know, does this person have an ulterior motive? But the things that you say to yourself, you always trust yourself 100%. So it sinks in deep. If you are constantly asking questions like, you know, why am I such a loser? Why doesn't anybody love me? You know, nobody's ever going to want to be with me. Everybody's going to leave me. That is going to sink in and you're going to believe it more and more. So make sure you catch those self-talks that are negative and actively recognize it and say, you know, thank you for your opinion, but I don't want to listen to you anymore. And then really reflect on where that talk comes from. And if you dig deep enough, I think a lot of times you'll realize it came from your caretakers. 
And then a lot of that is also internalized from their abuse. Let's say that they treated you horribly and you internalize it as, I must not be smart enough. That's why, you know, my mother was so mean to me, why my parents were yelling at me. I must not be good looking enough, etc. So then you internalize the self-critic and it's very harmful. Strategy number two is you make sure you take a pause. If you're fearful of weightant, then a lot of times you suffer from what they call emotional dysregulation. Meaning that if something triggers you, let's say that your trigger is abandonment and your boyfriend texts you back late and you're having all these spinning these stories that are all catastrophic, you know, he must be meeting somebody else, he's probably about to leave me, etc. Then of course you're going to feel anxious. Of course you're not going to feel good. Of course you might even feel angry and then do or say things that you later regret. So the important thing is you always buy yourself time. It is never, I will repeat, never, never a good time to talk to somebody when you are flooded with emotions. Because when you're flooded with emotions, your prefrontal cortex, which is your thinking part of the brain, the wise mind, is not online. So the things that you say, oftentimes you later will regret. And if you say something, it can only be forgiven, but never forgotten. And it just adds up. So don't do or say things that you later regret. Give yourself that time. What is very effective is you can write down a list of first aid ideas so that in a pinch, you can pull out that list and just go down the list and do it one by one by yourself time. So the list item might be take deep breath, right? Take 10 breath. Number two, go for a 10 minute walk. Number three, call this, that, and that friend. So buy as much time for you as possible. If it takes an hour for you to calm down, take an hour. If it takes a day, take a day. And you can let your partner know that you want to talk to them, but you definitely don't want to talk in the heat of the moment. So number three also pertains to emotional regulation, which is use journaling. I think journaling is something that's so simple. Everybody can do. It costs nothing. Just take out a piece of paper and a pen. And the reason I want you to journal is, again, if you're flooded and you're feeling really agitated, you're telling yourself a story. So what you could do is write down the events. So your boyfriend texts you back a couple hours later than you wish, right? That is a fact. Nobody's going to ch challenge you on that. But there could be many, many different stories pertaining to that fact that you could tell. You could tell a really scary story, which is, you know, he's meeting somebody else about to leave you. Then you're going to feel super scared. Or you can tell another story, which is equally likely to happen, which is probably he ran out of battery, so he's not able to text you back. Or, you know, he's in the middle of a meeting and it's on do not disturb, which happens a lot for people at work. So all of these are plausible stories. You don't know which one is true and which one's not. If you're fearful avoidant, your default lean is a negative worldview. You're going to think that people are about to leave you, about to betray you. But just because you feel that way does not make it true. That makes it emotional reasoning. And yes, we do want to listen to our emotions, but emotions lie, right? Just because we're watching a scary movie does not mean that the Jackie Ripper is about to pop out a screen and kill us. But yeah, we feel afraid, but it doesn't mean that we're in actual danger. So yes, we should listen to emotions, but don't do emotional reasoning. And by writing down the facts, as well as the story you're telling yourself, you can then more objectively review that story and say, is this a story that's reasonable? If a friend of mine is freaking out in this way, how would I advise him? 
and be your own advisor. That's why we're oftentimes a lot wiser when we give other people advice is because we're able to see what's happening and the story from a third party objective, like we're watching a movie. So use the journal and give yourself that distance between you and your story so that you can tap into your wise mind. So I hope that you find today's discussion helpful. Always drop a comment. I read every single one of them. I respond to every single one. And it just generates ideas for me for future episodes. I want to know what resonates, what can help you the most. And of course, if you like to learn more about how to heal from childhood trauma, how to have great relationships, how to communicate with people, I would love to invite you to join me inside the tribe membership group, which is also in the show notes. And um, I will point you to that episode I talked about on the understanding the fearful avoidant partner. So just check out the link, which I will point here. And until next time, have a wonderful week.